We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you insure your car and you total it, they don't, true. They don't give you that car back. That's actually what, true. They give they, you the they money, you to, the buy money to buy a oh. car of the equivalent. So to me, it seems yeah. like they are actually using the term properly, where Tarkov Interesting. is not. Interesting. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, a show dedicated to talking about all the progress things in life, like music, content creation, and video games. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jesse Kazam. And I'm Veritas. Uh, I have the biggest announcement probably in the history of the podcast. <sighs> Whoa. The McRib is back at McDonald's. Um, and you know, if you've never had a those, McRib. If you're one of those people that thinks that the McRib is not good, then I don't know. I've never like, had find a, it, find a new podcast. I've never had a McRib, but I'm a big proponent that McDonald's is delicious. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes me feel. I mean, the older I get, the more it makes me feel like the the physical um, manifestation of regret. I feel it <laughs> in my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the McRib, it just reminds me of the old like barbecue pork patties that i used to have yeah. at like lunch in junior high school it's exactly like that which is why i like it yep so if you never had it that's what it is it's just like a sweet barbecue sauce on like a air quotes yes pork, pork air quotes patty patty with like some special bread that's not the normal like bun it's like it's yeah, a it's little just like a yeah, little hoagie a hoagie kinda, roll yeah. yeah dude i would say there's um, two types of people in the world people that like mcdonald's and people who are lying to themselves yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I do have an update. I do actually have news okay. uh, to my Airbnb story. Oh, my God. A lot of people God. have been asking. And I just. What I just, happened? I just got an email. Where did I leave off last time? <sighs> I mean, remember? I mean, you went like you, basically they said that they were like, you should pay us money and you're like no and then like well you should pay us at least this amount of money and then you're like no and then you got in touch with airbnb and you said you got in touch with the people at the hotel and let them know and they're like yeah we still have the key and everything yeah so where where it ended up um <coughs> leaving off was essentially i'm just typing in my password so that i can log into my email because it's hard to multitask it is. Oh my god, my AOL account. Oh god, okay, whatever. Screw it. Um so what uh where we left off was that they had basically said 
you need to show us evidence that you that you you don't have the key you didn't steal it destroy the key and i'm like i mean here's a picture see i made the mistake of i took a picture of the because they wanted me to take the picture (laughs) of the keys in the fucking microwave and not the microwave the refrigerator yeah um and i made the mistake of when i left it in like the manager's office I, I just took a picture of it on the table, yeah. but, like, no context. It's all you see is just yeah. granite. And it's like, fuck. Like, I wish I had had, like, the business card and stepped back. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yep. so, um, but uh, but I'm like, I have this thing. Like, I took this picture. You can look at the fucking metadata. Look at the timestamp. Yep. You can see. And I sent them the video because I did a final walkthrough, and I recorded with a video just in case anything weird happened Damn. of me walking through and seeing everything's cleaned up, all the trash is away, all the fucking laundry, like, the towels is mm-hmm. in a pile over here, like, super easy and they were like all right well you know we'll get back to you if you want to pay part then you can use this link blah 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 i'm like absolutely not i finally get an email back and they basically said uh you know wendy or no denise denise was her name denise uh they gave me your last name too which is interesting i don't think they probably should have done that no uh but they said uh she was unable to provide documentation for the damages so that's the end of the end of that unless it's closed for now unless somehow she comes yeah. up with something later and they like reopen it but as of right now i i beat denise hell yeah hell Airbnb. yeah denise so was trying to strong arm you for doing yeah. obviously sus shenanigans you know what yeah. i mean with that building in the you know what i mean so scumbag anyway, let's so, go so at least there was one win yep one recently. small cosmic justice win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> so yeah, that's where we're at with that. Bro, there's a lot going on in the gaming sphere. Yeah, there is indeed. <laughs> this there's week. Indeed. We kind of go crazy. I was like, I was like last week we dropped it off and it was like excited to see DMZ next week. You know what I mean? Because like we knew that Lupo and them were gonna be playing it and then um, oh Jesus, dude! That's that's a new copy copy pasta going around. It's not new. I've been having it's that for weeks. Um. Anyways, uh, and then we got a bunch of Tarkov stuff. So I feel like we should we'll roll through the Tarkov stuff first. But there's tons of like DMZ, Call of Duty stuff to talk about, which is cool. But so, did, have you seen like anything going on? Did you see the Q and A with Nikita? Have you? I, I was gonna say, have you played any raids? But yeah. I have not played any raids. No, yeah. I did. Um, I did <coughs> watch almost all of the video. It was the Pestle's videos. What yeah. you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched all of it. I, I clicked away during like the last yeah. chapter because I think whatever it was he was talking about, it's like then yeah, I got it out of the way. And I yeah, yeah. So unless there was something really juicy right at the end, um, that was uh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. So the big, you know, the big, <laughs> the big takeaway is, you know, he did that Q and A like last week, and you know it's November, so you know, he in November he was like, we we plan to release the first iteration of Streets this year, and like I'm not saying that I'm I'm coping so hard on it, like there's no way it doesn't come out this year. I'm not saying that at all. I think that I'm it's still in my in my head, it's still a coin flip on whether we get it this year. But it it is different saying you that know it's gonna be like Christmas, right? Like, yeah, it's oh, always yeah. Christmas. It is different saying that in November than in May. You know what I mean? Like when it, in May, he was like, Yeah, we want to do arena testing this year and streets this year. 
that's different. Mm-hmm. You know, in November, if the big man is still willing to say that in a live interview, or I guess not live, but in an interview, that's pretty interesting. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so we'll see. Um, streets soon TM. But he did say, you know, they kept talking about it through the lens of like next patch as well, which kind of like once again leads me to believe like there's there's a chance that it gets pushed into like maybe January or whatever. But um, <clears throat> he was saying that there's going to be a wipe. Streets, um, streets is still planned, and then a bunch of new features. Like, well, not new features, a bunch of other things, right? So we know that obviously the like big boy thing in the wipe is going to be streets. But in addition to that, and we can kind of like work through some of these, he said they wanted to add new skills. They wanted to add a new boss. They wanted to rework some skills. They're going to add the underbarrel grenade launcher. Obviously, they're going to add some guns, a new grouping system, new party system, new offline mechanics, new hideout modules, and then, of course, other surprises, That which they always do normally. Slide some other stuff in there. But it, it could be a pretty big patch. <laughs> Obviously, there's no way to like report on it or talk about it without sounding like it's like oh my god this is gonna be the best thing ever but yeah we do want to go through each of the things he said who knows any one of these things could be cut multiple of these things could be cut next patch could get pushed to february i'm not saying we're just reporting what we heard exactly i'm not saying put the gas mask on and and suck the copium down and believe that there's no way it's not coming out this year but I'm just we're just here to talk about the news that we heard through the video. So um I don't know what are your initial thoughts is is all that stuff excite you to come back to the game or are you like nah? Um I mean the only thing that that interests me uh of course is streets <laughs> and um the potential for turning off bots i hope you can turn off bots and co-op Please, mode offline uh he said there was going to be settings hopefully one of those is off yeah uh but otherwise like i don't give a fuck about having a new broken boss yeah um there's like i literally haven't even shot some of the guns in the game that's how long i've been like yeah away from it <laughs> uh um the underbarrel grenade launcher i mean of course that's one of those things like depending on how common it is how much it costs of course it might it might be yeah. irrelevant like the normal gl is basically irrelevant to 99.9 percent of yes the, your gameplay yes um so yeah it, it could be the most annoying thing that like plagues tarkov yes. or it could be irrelevant um or somewhere in the middle where it's just something you run into every once in a while and it's not it's never in the middle there's never correct n- there's at least a Tarkov snowball's is, chance in hell, but it, there's never. It's never the middle. No, Tarkov is bipolar. There's there's one That's or the true. other. There's, there's never no Goldilocks <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. But so we got some interesting stuff. So wipe with streets, big Sag. I knew it was going to happen, but I was holding on to some. Wait, hope. You're sad. I I want to be able oh, to explore remember, streets yeah. free from worrying about killing four scavs on customs. Right, like whether like who cares about the fucking grind though, dude. I, I do. I, I do. I just have to. Not I'm not racing. You don't have to. I'm not racing against anybody at all. I just feel unproductive if I'm not doing the quests in the beginning. Like I don't rate dude, I I'm not about this like twenty four hour stream, sleep for four hours, twenty four hour stream. I'm not trying to get first to Kappa. But I do want to get to like just 
max traders and some cash to then like facilitate the other content I want to make. I want to have enough money that like when I when I decide I want to make a video about the AUG, I buy five of the AUGs, I buy a bunch of attachments, I go in, I do, like, you know what I mean? I just want to be able to, I want to get to a point where I can like make the content and I need to do the quest to get the traders unlocked because if the AUG is locked behind this and I want to make a video about it, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's so the much more I'll than just like, I want to get the quest done behind it for me personally, that I want to be able to do those things. Yeah, the only thing I'll say... um, as someone who's like experienced this before and seen so many other people experience it before, just be careful uh, that that like the content doesn't ruin the experience for sure for you. You know, like like walking through. Oh, and it like, kind of does. Just to be yeah. able to get that to be, to be able to get that feeling of the first few raids again. The closest you would get is with like the starter gear. Yeah, you're right. Scav loadouts. You know what I mean? So it's like trying to get the pocket watch done and all this stuff just so that you can play the streets after the fact is like no you're absolutely yeah, I don't right know. you're absolutely it, there's, right there's a chance it could uh what, what you don't want to be like i want to delay the way i feel for you as long <laughs> as possible which is like you fucking grind progress as fast as you can you make yeah. a bunch of great content and everybody loves you for it and then you end up like not really enjoying the game anymore you need to take a yeah. break you need to find something new everybody's asking you why aren't you playing tarkov anymore <laughs> then it makes you more grumpy then you end up Veritas. So, um, <laughs> For sure. I hope that there's some day one quests on streets. You know what I mean? Like, that's also a thing, too, is that, like, a lot of times, a lot of the quests for the new maps are, like, super deep in the quest line. And it would be cool if, like, we, you know what I mean? You accepted some of your first tasks, and one of them is, like, find the jailhouse on streets and. Like, that would just be like, oh, like like a reason to go in and like, ooh, let me figure out this quest. Like, that's kind of cool. Dude, um, I, it, and what would be amazing. Now, this is one of those things like I wish we had. Oh, well, I was going to say I wish I'd thought of a year ago, put it into like a video and send it to Nikita. But yeah, it, it wouldn't make a difference anyway. Um, But imagine if like it was find, you know, find this point of interest. And then in the lore of the quest and yeah. the actual paragraph, it was like. Uh, Dimitri told me that when he was standing in the middle of the road and he looked up, he could see a blue building skyscraper in the distance on his left. He went down the road. Oh to the right. my God. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, give me a something that's really hard to miss a point of interest. Give me some directions, but not like doesn't have to be perfect, but like there was yeah. an alley back around the bank somewhere, you know, like, yeah. Not not just go find the hobo. He's somewhere no, that in would the train cool. yard on customs when there's 19 trains on customs. And it's like that would be really know. cool to almost like funnel it in. Have a few early quests that are like like, for instance, one of the extracts on reserve is the the sewer, you know, where you can't take a backpack and you, you go I mean, on. You, I've taken that once. ever. Dude. Yeah, I used to take it all the time when I did money runs there. You just grab a TV 110 and you just fill it with loot and then you go take it there. But like, for instance, that's an extract that no matter where you where you spawn on reserve, you have that extract. So like it that that would be like a triple win, like an early game quest that doesn't require some super like, you know, you know, prone and alt lean so you can get a letter from a thing that nobody would find without the wiki. And it like educates you on the map where like it teaches you that that's an extract. And now you figured out where it was and you completed a quest. You know what I mean? And then as you level up and as the quest get deeper, it can be like you need to you need to get in this room and it's a key. You have to buy it off the flea market. You have to grind money or whatever. But it'd be cool if there were some early game quests like that that exactly like 
kind of guided you through the map a little bit. You know what I mean? There doesn't have to be 14. There could be three. You know what I mean? But then it's like a reason to go there really early and it educates the player on the map, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But, I'll, yeah. <laughs> but going back, I knew, I knew, I've always known that they were going to wipe with streets, but there was just like this hope that if we got it at the end of a wipe before a wipe or like a month or two after that we could, you know, explore together. But I, I knew that we would always get it with, with a wipe. Um, new skills and skill rework. It's not really worth going into the skill rework because we've heard that before and they've done it before and they've made some changes that were nice. Like they finally, never what we expect. Yeah. Also. They finally fixed, uh, the strength perk where it, it, it would say like the, the flavor text said your guns don't weigh anything, but for all those years, none of your kit weighed anything. So they fixed that. That was a good change. A lot of times they make changes that are like kind of meaningless you know what i mean or like weird so there's not a whole lot to dive in because he didn't even say what types of skills or whatever you know what i mean you know there's like 48 skills currently in the game and like four of them get talked about you know what i mean so it's like we can kind of serve surmise probably what skills they're talking about but the more interesting thing is like new skills i'm interested to see if he if they're adding like uh, like bringing some of the ones that we've had that are grayed out or they're just like adding specifically new skills. Um, that would be kind of cool, <coughs> but very vague. Um, new boss. That's interesting because like at one point, at, at one Probably point, the tank, the guy on the, on the tank. Oh, well, yeah, well, that's, yeah, maybe. Because at one point, they said that the first boss they wanted on streets was the guy in the car dealership. And he like booby traps the car dealership. Remember we talked about that. And it was like, Oh, it's supposed to be this like super hard thing to infill. And we talked about how like, Oh, it's just going to get min maxed in a day where you alt peek here and shoot the claymores or the booby traps or whatever. But then the last time they talked about streets when he, uh, like in the summer or the fall, he was saying a few things he like cleared up. He was like the customized Arbor hitbox. We wanted that with streets. That's not coming. Like he gave us a, a few things. And at one point, he said that the car dealership boss won't come with the first iteration of Streets. So now he's saying new boss. He didn't say new Streets boss. So it could be like we could get the sniper boss that is supposed to come to Lighthouse because that, that was always the thing. It was supposed to be a sniper that like prevented you from getting to the thing. Or it just could be like another boss, another map. Or they could have slotted in a new boss for Streets because at one point they think they, they said they wanted like seven or eight bosses on the final version of Streets. So maybe we just get like or a random... Or it's the car dealer guy and yeah. he'd have lied to surprise us. 100%. Or wow. they didn't think they were going to be able to get it in and they did get <laughs> it in. So all we got there was like new boss, which is cool. But I'm exactly where you are. Like I've compl I've officially crested the hill of like, I don't care until you fix the AI. Because like you keep providing these like really cool frameworks of really cool experiences gluhar guards when gluhar came in the map on to reserve they told us that like they were gonna they were gonna have all these tactics that half of the people were gonna stay back and uh protect gluhar the other half of the guards were gonna rush you down and then they just there's, became there's code in there that that's supposed to do that exactly and then I bet but then they just... just became 361 tap right you know what i mean sturman 361 tap uh and then most recently, the rogue bosses, they were supposed to communicate with each other and they've got, you know, two pushers and the bird eye and all this stuff. And it's like you don't experience any of that. You know what I mean? Me and Velian ran into the rogues the other day and uh, I heard one of them taunt because they taunt in the 41 voice. So I was like, I knew where he was and I didn't hear him rotate around. And I have the clip and you can slow it down. He's walking and he's pre-firing and then he 90 degree snaps to me. So Knight is aiming away from me and he starts firing and then goes Boop, and I fall over dead. 
So he shoots four bullets before I die, but it's because it took him a while for him to 90 degree snap. And I was like, what the hell? So it's like, where's that? Like you, you, there's probably really cool code in there, but who can live long enough to experience it? And so like new boss is cool. It's exciting. New art and you know, new whatever. But like at the end of the day, I'm not very confident in the gameplay experience that the new boss provides. Um, New guns, which is obviously there's new guns with every single patch. And he confirmed that the underbarrel grenade launcher is coming. So that's like so interesting because the story of the underbarrel grenade launcher is interesting. It was in the game when you the under, played. Under, uh, the underbarrel DDoS. Yeah, yeah. Was it on the M4 or the AK? It, that was even before me, dude. Oh, okay. You didn't. Play. I never played I that. Think back. It was on the Deadly AK. played back that, and it was. I think it was on the AK. It was like on Ghost Factory Street. and Ghost. Yeah, you could find a a kitted out AK, and it had an underbarrel grenade launcher, and it had a grenade in it. And if you fired it, it would crash the server. It was like a tactical nuke, and nobody could get out. It was just like yeah. you crashed the server. So the underbarrel grenade launcher was in the game before any of us ever played. It's been, you know, obviously put on the back burner, but they're bringing it back. Obviously, there are underbarrel grenade launcher attachments for AKs, for M4s. The SCAR supports an underbarrel grenade launcher, so we don't know how many different flavors it's going to come in. We have the 40 millimeter grenades in the game. Um, I would. Yo, just... you remember? You wait. You remember there was a period of time. This might have been before you, but maybe not. It might have been when you were newer, when you could drop item cases and stuff. And I remember you people would be dropping item cases and they'd fall through the floor and, or it would like crash the server or cause you to disconnect. Oh yeah. So yeah. you'd like drop a thick item case with a bunch of stuff and like a viewer kid or for a friend or whatever. And you would just DC. Everybody and, like, would. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I do remember that. Cause yeah. it was like so many things being like loaded or dropped at once. So many things moved on the server at one time. And yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. ah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, underbarrel grenade launcher. We don't know how many flavors are gonna ha are gonna be there with like how many different guns that you're gonna be able to Wild attach cherry, it to. Green apple, yeah, grape, sour. Um, and then I would hope personally that they would add more grenades. I'd love to see smoke. I'd love to see like a stun or some non-lethals. We've talked about before. I would love to see the removal of the three to five meter arm distance ones. You know what I mean? Um, more smokes. Or even just one good smoke. Just one good smoke, please. Just one singular good smoke. Even if even if it was unrealistically large and quick to deploy, yeah. it would still just imagine imagine getting in a fight with someone and having them rather than having them just mouse one, yeah. peek out a door and try to net code you because that's basically the only way that they it's can be Jenkins yep. to survive. Instead, in dorms you can chuck a smoke yep. grenade and it like fills the whole hallway. Yep. And then you can just sprint down the stairs, you know, yep. and like oh. both. The thing is, is like both smoke grenades would be infinitely better if you just sped up their smoke time by like two or three times. And what's crazy is I actually don't think that that's unrealistic. I think they plume really fast in real life. Even if it was unrealistic, I don't care. It's the only way in a video game you're going to get people to throw smokes is if they plume really fast. And then it would be cool if there was a bigger plume, both of them. You know what I mean? Like if it filled more of the area. But I agree, dude. Like smoke, <clears throat> smokes would be sick. More smokes. And just being able to like um, blind fire the nades. You know, I, I want to just be able to do. I'm like, so this mad we can't do that you know anymore. I mean? That was so good. 
That was such a good mechanic, and we can't do that because well, if you're in if you're in a room and you're pinned down and there are people holding the hallway, like a, a smoke grenade would be amazing, but you can't throw it in front of the door. Yep. But there's no way to angle. Yep. You have to like jiggle peek time the throw, and usually what happens is you end up going clink, and it bounces off the door yeah. jam off your forehead, lands at your feet, and or you peek and you get shot, which is yeah. once again. We're talking when we talk about ex- abstractions here, right? And that's realistic. Like that's not real. If I have a smoke grenade in my hand and I want to get it out into the hallway, you bet your butt that if I'm in a life or death situation, the only thing that's peeking out of that doorway is my hand, bro. But in Tarkov, I have to pull my entire torso into the hallway of potentially live fire to throw a smoke grenade. You know what I mean? Now I get that the blind fire was pretty nutty when you could just spam G and grenade, 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 but. We got rid of that. We put it to the two stage. So now let's roll, like, you know, let's roll back that. Let us blind fire the nades again. I think that would be sick. Same thing with like, um, uh, like over the top too. When you're like behind cover, if you're behind a car or something like that, you used to be able to throw them over the top of stuff. Oh, so sick. Um, yep. so <clears throat> new guns, underbarrel grenade launcher. <laughs> I would imagine some of those new guns would be the AUG and the SR2. Those are both guns that they showed us. in the And, in the, seemed, and Pestily mentioned it to Nikita. And his look <laughs> his, on his face yeah. was like he couldn't. He's got a bad poker face. He's got a bad poker face. So the AUG could be, would be cool. I think they showed the 5.56 version. But I remember when they showed it, it had the, the sound profile of an MP5. They like hadn't put yep. the sound in, so it literally was an MP5 sound. But uh, they showed the 5.56 AUG. I don't know how many variations we're going to get. They showed us the SR2. I wonder if it'll be unshootable. Yeah. Because of the recoil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The SR2, I'm very excited about. I love SMGs. Nobody, you know, nobody uses that round, the shrimp rounds. So that would be really, really cool. The SR2. Other than that, I have no idea what guns. They've teased a bunch. They've talked about a bunch. They've showed a bunch. Uh, some of the ones that we've seen more recently, though, were the the, is it the RSH? It's the uh, revolver Ash Twelve. <laughs> it oh, shoots God, the Ash Twelve rounds, and it's 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 the it's like a revolver. Yikes! <laughs> That's gonna be the meme center, bro. Because PS Twelve V will one tap Class Four armor or below if you hit someone in the thorax, bro. <laughs> That'd be so sick, though. Um, that'll be the new factory gun, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. Stir up, get five kills with pistols. Dude, just cowboy hat, RSH-12, bro. Let's go. Unbelievable. <laughs> That'd be sick. Um, One of the things I'm really interested in and, and kind of excited about is the new grouping system. I know you play solo 99.999% of the time. Yeah, I was surprised. He's like kind of not focused on that, but like that was like a thing. Does anybody, other than a couple of the annoying things that happen intermittently, has anybody actually really complained about the system or asked for any of those things yeah i mean it's it's oh, okay yeah it's something that i mean they, they people have been asking for for forever people have they teased it that they were going to do more stuff with it forever ago it do we ju- know what any of those features are <laughs> not really i mean i would just imagine it would be like a normal game where like <clears throat> if i'm playing call of duty if, if the squad's playing call of duty and we get out of a match i'm back in my gunsmith thing like editing oh, so my you guns to, you don't you yeah and the you party leader to. just cues us in you know what i mean it's not like yeah, go yeah. to the lobby go through everything go through <laughs> now you'd have to go to the insurance screen if one of you died or whatever but it just keeps you grouped up so you can just like get right back into raids and like be doing stuff while the one person is selecting the map and stuff like that 
and I'm sure yeah, that, that there's that other features to it. It just seems like like ev- literally every other game that more than one person can play together has that. You know what I mean? So, um, so that's kind of cool. New offline mechanics. There's a lot to speculate on here because there's a lot he's said in the past. He said, uh, like the most recently that he talked about this was in one of those like Q and A's that was like translated from Russian to you know Arabic to English to German to whatever. And so it's like so hard to know what he meant. But one of the most recent times he talked about this, he talked about wanting to add new features for like content creators too and adding like free cam stuff. And how sick would it be to add free cam offline the same wipe you add streets? Like I would, it would be hard for me to get the motivation to play the game because I would just be one of like, you know, cinematic mode, flying through streets, making movies. Now I'm thinking of AirTX, Swamp now, Fox. Now that, that, would, that would get me a, a lot more excited. Yeah. For the game, honestly, a feature like that. That would be sick. So we don't know because additionally, there are other features that the community wants in offline, right? Like the ability to turn off bots, the ability to like spawn at a specific spot, the ability to change the weather, the ability to change the weather, the ability to change the weather. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> this is bro. Yeah, I want to be able to say it's this time. Don't fucking change the time. Make it thunder and lightning bro. and let me spawn in this exact location. Bro, I mean, legitimately, like, when I want to get a thumbnail, like, if I want to get, like, a something specific, <clears throat> I swear to God, this is how it is. I go in, and it'll it'll say the weather's clear outside, and it'll be, like, the perfect time of day, and I will spawn in and disconnect 11 times in a row because it's thunderstorming and fogging, and then I'll get a, a super clear sunny day, super clear sunny day. I'll spawn on the other side of the map of the screenshot I want to take, and by the time I get to the other side, mm-hmm. it's raining. Every, like, every sunny offline raid starts raining in 10 minutes. Like, I actually think it's a 100%. Like, I think every offline raid, it'll rain. It's just an 80% spawn chance that you spawn in and it's raining. And if you don't spawn in and it's raining, it's going to rain in the next 10 minutes. I actually don't think I've been in an offline raid for more than five minutes and it didn't rain. I can't, like... The amount of videos Weird. I have on my channel where I was in an offline raid doing testing and I was like actually recording, I start a conversation, I start a sentence, and by the end I'm done with that thought process, it's cloudy outside and it's about to rain. It's insane. Huh. It's insane. So please, God, let us choose the weather. Um, but there's so much, like there's a lot of cool stuff. Obviously, it's not as important as, you know, freaking audio fixes or netcode fixes, but there's a lot of cool stuff that can be done in offline for content creation, for teaching for just fun with friends, for like a more single player experience, for practicing stuff, for testing new guns. Like, you know what I mean? And so there's a lot more they could do. One of those features that pays dividends because like what you end up with is more people, more people making better content, which gets people excited about the game, which gets more people invested, which makes more people buy the game, which lets them invest more in development, which makes every, you know, it's just, it's it's good for everyone. And there's tons of benefits for people outside of content creators, being able to actually go offline and like, find a quest item or practice a thing or, or use some guns you have in your stash and, and have some more freedom over what you're choosing as well, I think is good. So we don't know if it's that, if it's more like mechanically around like the options. We don't know if they're going to add things like the free cam. It would be kind of sick though. Um, new hideout modules. He said new stuff with the hideout. They have like the only thing I think the hideout came out with patch point 12 with reserve. That's when the hideout came into the game. I, other than them saying we want to expand the hideout, I don't think they've ever talked about 
other stuff they want to do in the hideout, except for very recently in a passing comment, Nikita mentioned something about like a gym where you could like uh, work out soft skills. But I have wanted since since patch point 12, the expansion of the hideout. I just love the hideout. I love the idea that there are um, small, medium and long term goals outside of a raid. Like, you know what I mean? Like when we, when we start talking about DMZ and like, how empty it felt to like, it's just like, what am I doing this for? Tark the thing that like you can't fault Tarkov for is there is a tremendous amount of things you're working towards. You know what I mean? If you've been playing for a while, you're probably conscious of working towards max strength and endurance. If you've been, if you've gotten them hideout max before and you've seen how much money you can make from it, you're so conscious. Like the fact that like in a raid, in an early game raid, when you've only got an MBSS and you've got a bunch of stuff and you're thinking, do I take this duct tape for vents? Do I take the car battery for illumination or do I take this gun because I need, I'm going to need it for a quest or should I take this found in raid gazelle? That is something Tarkov does better than every other game yeah and so to me the expansion of the hideout some people are like hideout we don't need that it it's more of that man and and any of you that have been complaining about cycle marauders dmz you might not realize it but this is the stuff that makes you want to go back into another raid that you always have more to do at the beginning of the wipe than time to do it and that creates this like excitement to be spending time in the game so i have always wanted uh, an expansion to the hideout um whatever it is more quests more modules that give you passive buffs more modules that help with flea market rep or scav karma i love it so uh i'm very excited for an expanded hideout um indeed so yeah literally we have no idea what it could be oh yeah somebody said firing range it would be very sick to be able to shoot out to 100 meters in the firing range you know what i mean It'd be able to cool shoot out to 100 meters, and it would be really cool to be able to turn on and off moving targets, and to be able to reset the bullet the holes and the yeah yep 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 yep. That would actually be sick. It'd be sick if yeah there was like <clears throat> a another module where it goes from what we have now because now it's like you know it's still all like dilapidated and there's like you know the fluorescence hanging from the ceiling. It'd be cool if like there was another module and it went out to 100 meters and it was like repainted and there was like really bright fluorescent bulbs and you could yeah you could and there was a thing you could turn off and some of them would go back and forth and you could press a button and they would like fall down and come up clear like oh my god that would be sick. And make me have to farm a bunch of random crap to get it. Whatever. I don't care. That would be very sick. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so new hideout modules. That was basically all the stuff he specifically talked about. He said that we have other surprises. And he even like named. He didn't like name them. But he was like. At one point he was like. We have one or two surprises. We're so excited to put in. And he didn't say what they were. Obviously. Because they're surprises. They've. Um. I don't know. They've done. They've they always add a little bit of stuff, but it's interesting to hear Nikita talking about surprises because I don't even know what those things would be. Because like, would he surprise us with the customizable rigs thing? Because that wouldn't be a surprise. That's the thing he's talked about like a million times. That that's something yeah. he's super excited about. So it would be like. So I'm wondering if there's stuff. It could be optimizations. <laughs> it could be new stuff. But interesting other surprises. <laughs> I just had uh, from our conversation earlier some ideas and it's it's rare these days that i get like ideas about things that i haven't beaten to death already for like three years mm -hmm. um 
when we're talking about the maps, uh, how how cool it, well, when we're actually talking about the quests and giving like directions, mm. just how cool it would be. One of the things we've talked about before as like a criticism of just the overall design of the game is how like it seems like BSG sort of uses the fact that people make videos and wiki pages to yeah to like tutorialize people through the game because yeah. otherwise the game doesn't really do anything uh, a, a job you know and and some people will argue that that's like the strength of the game but that i think real life just, doesn't uh, have a tutorial <laughs> yeah yeah but also real life <laughs> kind of does we've got you know either google images uh yeah not, sorry like google maps google earth yeah. uh or the guy telling you to go do a thing tells you exactly where the fuck to go yep you know um we have the ability to ask questions to people that are talking to us <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we don't just get like weird riddles from <laughs> cryptic people that, messages. Um, but uh, imagine if, and then this idea would maybe give some utility to the uh, the original maps that were in the game, the actual map items yeah. that you could literally open up in raid and like scribble on yeah. them and stuff. But one of the things I was thinking about was first of all, when you use your compass, um, I think the in like the lower left, lower right, whatever, just have the the compass heading, but also give you whether or not it's a grid number, like you know a three or whatever, or just like lat long. So when if you pull up a map, rather than put a dot on the map, which I yeah. think people wouldn't like, and that's fine. Just give me the coordinates and let me take two seconds to find where yeah. on the map. Like oh, I'm right here, and then you can say okay, well there's a rock there, and this way is north, and then and then imagine that would if be you sick. Imagine as you upgrade the intel station, as you explore the maps, or as quest rewards, exfils get put or information about yeah. quests get on the map. So you can you don't need to go to the fucking wiki anymore. You can pull out the map and it'll have a thing that looks like it's handwritten right here that says this is the North Exfil. Whenever you take an exfil, yeah. it'll get you know put on the map. Maybe the a quest reward will be information about three exfils on streets. Um Maybe as you explore, you know how it's like the you get the little experience for exploring yeah, at the beginning yeah. of every wave. As you do that, maybe maybe the maps. I don't want to say it now. Having like a fog of war on the map wouldn't make sense because it's a map. Um, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. point is that it, it. Yeah, it's the opposite of fog of war. Yeah, fog yeah, of yeah. war is having like a mini map with fog of war is that's like an abstraction for your brain learning. Yeah, the, um, yeah, learning thing being into a new place. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want that. But um, but yeah, I mean, just imagine being able to put yourself on a map and to be able to use the map for quests and for exploring. Oh. And then information got put on there. I don't know. I just think that'd be really cool so that you don't have to go to the wiki or watch a <laughs> deadly slob tutorial to figure out what the seven quest, uh, seven X fills are. On Especially the new map. when we're talking about maps that are supposed to be three to five size times the size of the ones we have now. Like that would be such a perfect thing for street. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, dude, I would actually be, I would be so down if you put a map in the, you know, the special slots, this compass, if you put a map in there and then there was a hotkey where you literally put your gun away and you pulled up the map in one hand and the compass in the other. And after like three to five seconds, it would put a dot where you were. I, I wouldn't care about that. Talk about abstracting. That's abstracting a highly <clears throat> trained person being able to do that in a few seconds or a few, you know what I mean? Like, and that would be so sick. You know what I mean? To be able to do that and then actually have the map open and have quest things marked or I was or even if like imagine you find a Ledex on a table and you pull out your map and you just you put a dot where you are and you were like, I found a Ledex here. 
And then you can yeah. reference that and you can be on streets and you'd be like, oh, this is close to the thing where I found that nutty loot. You know what I mean? Like, that would be kind of sick. Oh, I'd never thought yeah, about that and, before. That would be so dope. And also another thing, another cool idea would be, now this is a feature that like, if I was making a game from scratch, I'd probably like want to build this into the design, but it it it's probably too late to do it now. But imagine pulling out your map and if you're partied up with somebody, if you're close by, if you right click on the map and put a marker down, it'll update their map yeah. as if like you were to scribble on their map. So yeah, if you're like, them, I want to yeah. go here, that'd be the equivalent of having the map open and being like, so we're going to go here and we're going to go here. But yep. it would just, you know, so you could both hunker down in a room in dorms. And if someone was new and you're sherping them, you could basically like draw a line. Yeah. Because you can scribble on the maps now. You can literally like MS Paint. Yeah. Draw yeah. And leave notes and stuff. Um, so just being able to do that and having your party members see that in real time. Yeah. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. Like I'm a John Madden play. That breakdown. would be so sick. I, I we talked about this before when I did a bunch of the stuff with Brownells and and Baron and, and those guys. Like he was telling me I had I asked him a bunch of questions. He was telling me about like the Blue Force tracker pads, like like tablets that they use in the military where like somebody will have mental gaming said the same thing. Yeah, we'll have, have like, like read write access where like some people are just like seeing and somebody who's in charge is like actually like dropping a pin like contact here and I look at my thing and it shows me where that ping is that red dot or wherever like you could replace the map system with that where that's a thing you put in your special slot that could be tied to the grouping system, this new grouping system where it ties your people together. And imagine being on streets. Some of the most fun I had in Escape from Tarkov recently was because it was a new experience. And I don't have many new experiences recent, uh, recently, but I was with Tower and Airwing Marine and uh, we were playing on Lighthouse and uh, <clears throat> Tower and Airwing have been going for like the longest legit shot. And... Uh, so you know how I know you haven't been to the lighthouse um, expansion a lot, but you cross the bridge and you go up the hill by the lighthouse and then there's basically a rock formation. So basically you kind of know the general area across the bridge up on a rock mm -hmm. sniping rogues at the back building of the water treatment plant. It's about thirteen hundred meters. And tower tower's done all the math on what the hold is. And it's uh, airwing has an AXMC. Um an AXMC with like one of the longest scopes, zero to 400, and you still have to hold eight ticks up. And Airwing's gotten a 1,328 meter headshot on a rogue. It's so okay. sick. So it's like, it's not very practical, but it was a new experience. And so it was fun. But thinking about new experiences and the thought of being able to do that on Lighthouse, having like tower and being able Airwing. to range yes. on the map having tower and airwing in a window of a building and then having like me and sealable down on the floor and we're like moving around and like we see a squad and i just pull out the thing and i'm like they're in this building tower that's 1300 meters away from where you are they're moving south and instead of me trying to 1v4 just wait you know tower tells airwing what the hold is boom one of them got dies i shoot another one in the head and the other two scurry off think about how sick of an experience that would be you know what i mean like and, and it's and that's not unrealistic that by any stretch of the imagination you know what i mean like it would be a cool new experience no that sounds like one of the most realistic experiences in tarkov yeah dude it yeah would and be... I, I remember talking uh, to uneventful gaming um back when i was doing the whole tarkov realism video one of the things he 
was talking about and, and he showed me he had links to like the Garmin thing that they had yeah. where they would basically have like the whole mission planned out and it would all be plotted and mapped so they would know like building a it was basically a COD mini map yeah so he was saying like the things that people would complain about that like Call of Duty does they basically have yeah so people like whining about it is like it's just so you just silly. don't know you just don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep so like I think that kind of stuff would be sick I think that would be so sick. And I know everybody would complain, well, then solos would make it harder. Listen, that's what he said he's wanted to do for forever. So there's still freedom in being able to go around, move building to building and shoot everything you see. Absolutely. But like stuff like that could be so sick. So <laughs> if they updated the map system with a PDA instead that um, you could like add data to data points and then share those points. I like the paper map. Fuck it, dude. Paper map is the way to go. I think that would be. That would be That's so one sick. of those things where it's like a massive quality of life thing. It's a massive design improvement. It's a massive immersion thing. It's a massive like slow down and fucking play smart and tactical. Don't just yep. W key around everywhere. It's like, take a moment. Think about what you're doing. Your life matters. Yep. Like putting putting you in that the, the Tarkov mindset yeah. that that is, you know, like the true experience while at the same time still requiring you need to, you know, it, it doesn't take a fucking yeah. master's degree in CS to look and find the latitude and longitude or, or grid yeah. coordinates on a map or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's all of the benefits of a mini map, <coughs> but it requires a little bit of work. It requires having yeah. the item, but at least the game gives you the ability to do what and, you want, you know? Man, and people don't realize that, like, yes, when you bust up in the fortress and you didn't realize there was a four man there and you wax all four like that's a pog moment for sure but for me and my play style even more pog moments are when me and my teammate formulate a plan and execute it flawlessly that to me is so much fun recently like me and seal were on woods we were split somebody was sniping and seal was like dude he doesn't know about you. I'm going to throw a grenade and run down here, and he's going to peek me because I'm in a clear line of sight of him. He did it. The dude peeked right up, headshot instantly. I killed him, and I was like, that was sick. I was playing with uh, Thick Boy Ben. He needed two more um, Shooterborn and Heaven shots on customs, and we couldn't find him, bro. We couldn't get him. And I was like, I'm bringing in an airdrop, bro. So poof, we pop the airdrop. It goes, and we just wait. Dude, we see a two-man. They roll up. They clear it so tactically. They're like, they know it's bait. They wait. One of them goes prone on the airdrop. Boom. Ben hits the shot. He was like, okay, I got it. I need one more. We wait. We wait. We wait. Nothing. I was like, yo. I was like, Ben, this is going to be it. I am going to run up there, and I'm just going to prone on that guy's body like I was the one that killed him. The guy's going to kill me, and he's going to immediately go loot me. He was like, all right. I run, I prone on that body. The dude immediately kills me. And that was all it took. He hops up from his hidey hole and then goes to loot me. And then Ben kills him. And it was like, yes, like it just worked so well. So like being able to do that more. And once again, it's, it's supporting more game modes. You can absolutely, if you're a solo, still W key around, you might have to be a little bit more thoughtful of it. You can't just be barreling down the street in the middle of the road on streets of Tarkov, but like being able to support that and have a gameplay loop where you like create a plan and execute on it like whether you like it or not the the, the gameplay that escape from Tarkov provides really thrives on being able to do that because there's so much <clears throat> equipment at your disposal like giving us a few more things that allow us to actually use all this stuff 
you know, how many times does the average person zero their gun? How many times does the average person like use these other things? Being able to like have all that in a part of it with like the map system and the teaming system would be. Dude, it has to be more than 80% of the players have never physically like used a map in a raid. It has to be more than oh, 80%. Yeah. Maybe, more yeah. than, maybe more than 90%. I would say more than 90%, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> that would be super sick, man. Here's the thing. Don't get too excited about any of these things. Yeah. Because that's, once again, that's those are the things that lead to just bitterness and disappointment when you, for so long you have all of these great ideas that never come to fruition and then instead other things that are you know yeah yep let's uh, yeah let's hope so the only other things the other things from the um the other things from the q a where he gave us a little bit of an update on lightkeeper but not really like um he talked about <coughs> how the lightkeeper is obviously still not in the game and how like they really want to, man, the way he put it, like, I wish I had the video up. The way he put it was like, we really want to make a whole new experience. He was like, he was talking about how, like, it's something we haven't ever seen before and how, like, they want to do, like, cutscenes and in-game dialogue and lip sync. And, like, he was talking about all these things. So it seems like what they want for the Lightkeeper is a lot more than, like, you walk up to a dude, you press F, and a menu opens and you buy stuff like it sounds like they want to do a whole lot more than that where he's got voiced lines and he's an actual npc and there's dialogue options to choose from skyrim the zoom in Dude, on the face yeah yeah so like that's really but, but instead you're getting shot like you're in the middle of conversation your screen goes black and you're back at your stack exactly so that was like weird so that was what they he talked about how like he really wanted the lightkeeper to be like something we had never seen before and this big deal. And so he kind of made it sound like it's not coming. Like that could be one of the surprises too that we get lightkeeper, but like I don't know, it it was it was just weird like it I mean in a cool way. It's cool that they want to make it like a they want to make it feel legit and immersive and and cool and I respect it them for that, but like I'm just very confused cuz I felt like at one point, Lightkeeper was right around the corner, and that was like a, a literal year ago. And then, it based on the most recent Q and A, my guess is that he's still like a long ways off. So I don't know, confusing. Yeah. And then the boss, he's the one with the boss, the sniper boss. So I don't know if the boss, if they're gonna bring the sniper boss in before Lightkeeper, because once again, like they actually said that's what's so confusing is like I wish, I wish, and maybe Pestley did press him a little bit more on it, but we just didn't get to see that. But when this wipe happened, the wipe in August or in July, they said, here's the Lighthouse expansion. We want you to explore it. And then in a few weeks, we'll do an in-raid event and the Lightkeeper will come. Mm -hmm. That was in July. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I'm, so to hear him say now in November, like, man, we just want to make this a crazy experience and do lip syncs and all this stuff. I'm like, is that all just like new stuff that you just decided recently? Or I don't know. Um, and then the other thing he talked about a little bit was Arena, which has me so excited, but I still think we're, like, really far away from playing. He was basically, like, the... It's way more complicated and, and, and more features than we originally planned. Well, not more complicated. He said he was, like, all the features we had originally planned are done. The, the base game and the base maps are ready to roll. He's like, we just want to add more. So he's like, we're adding more game modes and more maps. Yeah, but it just seems... That seems so, like, I don't know. 
I, again, I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy, but no, that just I seems get like it. a questionable decision. You know, like yeah. release it. If if it's dog shit, yeah. iterate on it. Like no, the base thing. I agree. First. My my opinion is that like the the best thing that they can do is release a vertical slice that's crazy polished. Like I'd rather have like perfect gameplay and three maps in one game mode than mediocre gameplay and twelve maps in five game modes, right? Like yep. they're gonna they're gonna capture, they're gonna bite into the Call of Duty pie with the uniqueness of Tarkov, not with like, oh, we have S and D too, and you guys have S and D. You know what I mean? Like what will be unique about Tarkov is that all the modes will be one life mode. It's going to be the weird, you know, attachment system and guns and AI cleaning crews and all that kind of stuff. So to release Arena in beta, but give us a true vertical slice, like a really, really polished three or four maps and one or two game modes, that seems like the bigger win to me than to like, let's try and cram in five or six more maps and, and three or four more game modes. So I don't know. I'm very excited. I'm still like still to this day, the most exciting thing for me uh, that, that's going on in Tarkov right now is arena. Like, I just think there's so much potential there, even though I'll probably play. Um, I'll probably be playing regular Tarkov um, the most. Um, but the arena stuff is, I don't know, that's super exciting. So I don't know. It still seems far away. A lot of people, I think, misunderstood, and they were like, he said the fall. And I was like, he said closed testing in the fall, they hoped. So I don't think we're getting it till like mid to late next year. I'd love to be proven wrong. But it is still exciting to get updates on it because I think Arena has an insane amount of potential with how unique the game is. If they can obviously overcome the shortcomings of the main game, which are networking and... Now, I don't have to really worry about the AI, so, like, get that out of the window, but networking mm-hmm. and sound. If you can make that good with this other team that they hired, because it's not the, it's like, it's, they basically brought in another team to do that. Like, they work at Battlestate Games, but they're not, they didn't take people off of streets or off of features to work on Arena. They had a new team come in. <sighs> if- oh, dude, here's another, really quick, another idea related to Arena. Imagine if... Imagine if there was like a game mode where you needed to like plant the bomb somewhere or yeah. capture a thing or whatever. Imagine if it was randomly placed in different places on the on the map yeah. and you had to pull out the paper map and that's where it was marked. Oh, bro. So like you know, so again, it's like you don't just shift W to the to the to the, the bomb, yeah. perfect angle and hold the the you know the the one angle every time like the meta you know like you do in CS:GO where it's like I'm just going to go window and hold left side you know yeah. like you start someone provides some cover you know you have to pull out the map and you know I, I don't know maybe maybe that's a dumb idea but but something things like it, that yeah, using more than just the w key <laughs> in arena you know yeah i don't yeah, know um, i'm Dude, I don't know. It was nice to get an update. It's nice to hear that he sounded very positive about it. He kept saying things are going really well. The base game is playable and it's really fun. So that's good to hear. But I still wouldn't get my expectations up, dear listener, to to see it anytime soon. <laughs> anytime yep. soon. Um. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I saw you just put that in there. Yeah, he did mention briefly the story quests. Which we've known. I, f- I felt like I interacted with a few people this week that were surprised. They were like, I saw something on Twitter. And he's like, wait, so 
did I hear that right? We're not getting storyline quests with streets. And I was like, they've said for forever that they, the storyline quest isn't going to be something that happens till 1.0. They don't want anybody. They don't want any of that spoiled until people actually get, you know, until we can play it. So, yeah, he did mention something about like a select few people testing them in a, in a testing environment, which would be cool, but that would be, I'm sure heavily NDA and probably only trusted people in the community. But yeah, yeah, one we're not getting the the main storyline quest till 1.0 and and we've known that for a long time. Yeah, that's um <sighs> I hope I'm wrong, but the idea, I mean, that's like a massive thing. Yeah, what? The storyline quest or the idea of 1.0? <laughs> no, 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 the the storyline yeah. quest. Like just the fact that they're not it's not going to be out to 1.0. I don't know how much development they're going to be doing after 1.0. For all we know, they're going to yeah, do bug fixes on. and then move on, or maybe they'll support it forever. You know, like, Who I knows? don't know. But um, just the idea that only, you know, a select few people, I don't know. I just, I'm cynical when it comes to people giving feedback because in all of my experience in video gaming as well as in, like, software engineering yeah. is that people give dog shit feedback. Yeah. So... And and like I mean, of course, I'm one of those people that like if I don't do it, I you know can't trust anybody. You do it but yourself, me, you yeah. know, whatever the thing. Um, so it's like, oh, man, I would love to be one of those people, not because <laughs> I give a fuck about the story mode, but because I don't know. Part of me feels like there's important things that that they might miss. Yeah, or it's understandable whatever. that if we're using the current quest design as any example, that we should be slightly frightened about the storyline quest. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like I'm sure they've learned a lot, you know. But it's, it's so easy to just miss the mark a little bit, you know, like yeah. to make a really good pasta sauce, but like add no seasoning or whatever. So it's yeah. bland. Like all it would take is for one person to have the idea, like, oh, did you think about adding some salt or whatever? And then all of a sudden, it's like just better, you know. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We will definitely see. That's very interesting. And, bro, 1.0, who the hell knows how close or far away that is. You know what I mean? Um, not us. Not us. Not us. But that was the Q&A. Uh, it was really good to, at least for me, um, to just revitalize Tarkov a little bit. Just, like, get a little bit of information once again. I'm not full on the like Nikita said it, so we're definitely getting streets before the new year. But it but it helps to hear him say that in you know almost halfway through November to hear him say that that's still the plan. I at least that instills a small percentage of additional confidence. Um, we have had wipes, namely the wipe that we are in, where it did not feel like a lot happened. You know what I mean? The this wipe we got. The rogue bosses, the new running animations, and the lighthouse expansion. And it was a nothing burger. So uh, in addition to Streets, which is the map we've been waiting for since 2017, all of those other things, to me, add up to a pretty really significant wipe, whether it happens in December 30th 30th at, you know, (laughs) noon. So it's technically before New Year's or if it gets pushed to January, February it's still a pretty significant wipe. So 
I don't know, freaking call me an old copium addict, but I'm excited. It sounds really cool. I really want the game to freaking succeed and I want it to be moving again and get people excited again. So, um, it would be 500 IQ if they released this update in like December, January, and then like April or May release a slice of arena, right? Right at the point before the first guy goes, when's wipe? Is it too late to start? They release a, like what a one, two punch that would be. You know what I mean? Like to yep. carry freaking the community through 2023. Like, woo. Now that's some copium. I, I doubt that's going to happen, but that would be really cool. Um, as far as Tarkov goes, in addition to that, we got the Sanitar event. We got a second video of Chronicles of Rishi V2, where apparently Sanitar is really mad at Rishi. And we, we saw Sanitar, or we saw Sanitar fighting some people and Mechanic, and we saw Rishi hanging out with Mechanic. And he touched a bunch of stuff, and then that was it. And uh, then we got Sanitar on customs, 100% spawn chance. He's always in Fortress. He has five guards now instead of two. They are all as terrible as they've always been. And, uh, th and there's a new quest to kill Sanitar with every type of weapon in the game, including grenade launchers and melee weapons. And the quest reward for that is two sugars, two obdobloblos, a suppressor, and an all advisor. You're, well, you're fucking kidding. No. Dude, I didn't kill... I don't think I killed Sanitar. I killed Sanitar one time. The last wipe. Yeah. Now, the reward... That should be like a thick item case, dude. The reward for the quest is such an interesting thing because... The reward for the quest is definitely bad. It's a very bad quest reward. The reward for the quest is everything that Rigi touched physically in the video. So in their like little IRL video that they filmed that they put on their YouTube channel, as Rigi was walking around Mechanic's office, he picks up an Alton visor, he gets his finger stuck in a suppressor, he steals some of Mechanic's sugar cubes, and uh, and he grabs one of Mechanic's Aldablos stems. And so like, that's the quest rewards. Everything he touched in the video. So there's like this weird connection. It's it's obviously objectively a terrible quest reward, but we don't know if it like means anything. And secondly, what I find interesting is like the community wants events. If they had, if instead of releasing that video, they tweeted out Sanitar's 100% spawn chance at customs with five guards instead of two, period. The community would have erupted in happiness. Yes, sick event, PVP catalyst, they have lots of good loot on them. Awesome. That would have been a, a good event. They did that, added a quest, and then gave that quest terrible rewards. And everyone's like, this event is the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's so funny because, like, the quest isn't the point. The point is there's PvP. There's good loot everywhere. It's a funny quest. It Once again, objectively, a bad quest reward. But it's just funny because, like, without the quest at all, people would have been saying that this was the most fun they had in Tarkov in weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I just think it's funny. You're not wrong, but what what it is is just another example of kind of how like tone deaf I think. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. If it played into something else, if if somebody else had a quest to turn in some of those items or whatever. You know, if there was more to the lore, then maybe. But I, once again, it's a terrible quest reward. I'm not going to do the quest. But the event is pretty sick. 
it's pretty cool. It's exactly what you want this late in the wipe, right? You know, it's like last wipe we had the kill at Tagilla on Lighthouse, and it was just chaos, and everybody freaking loved it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of the chaos. You know what I mean? So it's, dude, Customs Fortress is absolute chaos right now. Absolute chaos. So I don't know. So I've heard. Yep. <clears throat> so that's Tarkov. I don't know. Did you see any of the DMZ thing? I would love to hear I, your thoughts. I did. I did. But real, real quick, I just wanted to share a, a quick anecdote because people in the in chat oh, okay. were molding about cheaters and whatever. And um, and because I've been working on that whole chess documentary thing about the, mm-hmm. the anal bead chess controversy, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I just have to say that I'm, I'm proud to say that after uh god how many games have i played since i started playing chess i've played 2164 games um and yesterday i i mean i played like 100 games or something like and i yeah. just was was going crazy and after one of the games i i just got like dominated in like like 14 moves or something okay and the guy had um he was like low rated like me you know 900 or whatever which is like average yeah but he had gm in his name which indicates like you're a grandmaster which is already like edgy, yeah. weird kind of thing where you're like gm you know whatever it's like people put phase com- in their name when they're not in phase yeah. <laughs> and he, he was he was complaining in chat so we uh, was playing a 15 minute game so you saw me playing one minute games earlier. Yeah. This is a fifteen minute game, and every it, with a ten second increment. So every time you take a move, it adds ten seconds. So it's like a long game. It can be forty minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like complaining that I'm taking ninety seconds to like think about a move. And it's like, dude, then go play Blitz or Bullet or whatever. He was yeah. just being like an edgy weirdo. Some of the things he was saying, he's like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm just like, you know, anxious, whatever. And, but he and he just completely dominated me. And I pulled up his profile, and there was like a bunch of games where his his play was like really accurate, and then a bunch of games where he would like blunder his queen on the third move, and then like lose to the four. There's something called a scholar's mate, which is like you you move upon, the enemy moves upon, you move out your queen in the middle of the board. You're like, what the fuck? And then normally people will like try to block the queen, but then the queen takes the original pawn. And you're like, oh shit! So then you like attack it over here, and then it goes and like takes you'll basically be checkmated in four moves interesting um if you don't know how to counter it in one very specific there's literally three moves four moves you have to know how to do to like counter the scholar's mate and he like lost to the scholar's mate like two or three times which is like you anybody should know that yeah but then there were games where he'd have 50 moves with like 94 percent accuracy which is like unheard of like interesting. like you you unless you're like a 2400 or like yeah. a fucking international master you know unless you're a pro so i was like kind of sus you know and and basically 90 percent of chat was like nah dude you're fine yeah you know like kind of gaslighting me and i'm like i don't know dude whatever you know i, I my, my spidey sense was tingling yeah. and then within the hour i get a little bloop, little one badge with a message saying well one of the, your recent players that you played against has been banned for violating fair play and i instantly pulled up the thing and it was my game against him he was banned and it's just like it just made me you feel knew. so fucking satisfied you knew. first of all i was right but second of all, because I lose, I've lost hundreds and hundreds of games, right? Yeah. But it's like this one felt different. Having that like spidey sense yep. feels good to know when something feels off to then have the vindication. But also, I just love that they tell you that like 
so you get your 10 elo points that i lost i got it back wow um and uh and then they tell you like yeah they were banned you they don't tell you who it was but if you go back through all of your games it literally keeps every game you've ever played so i just i just scroll through yeah until i see a little circle with an uh like a line through it next to their name i just scroll until i see that red circle and i'm like oh that's crazy so yeah that's kind of dope that you knew yeah that you could just feel it that would be Uh, sick can you can you imagine like um, remember the last time that you thought someone was sus in tarkov and then within an hour you found out that they were banned that would be nice the last time that happened that'd be that'd be so fucking that would be that would be satisfying Right now, I feel like if they added that today, it would just, like, make people more mad because they would be like, the anti-cheat doesn't work because so many people say they get cheated in 10 games. Realistically, they maybe got cheated in one or got cheated in one of the games they didn't think there was a cheater. And they'd be like, the anti-cheat sucks. I died 10 times to cheaters tonight. And it was like, well, eight of them were desync. Maybe one of them was a cheater. And, you know, so you'd get the one message and it'd be like, no, I died to 12 cheaters last night. You know what I mean? But in a world where the netcode works better, that would be the most wonderful thing of all time. I mean, the Cycle Frontier literally does that, where they keep a record of every game. And if that happens, and if you die to a character, it sends you the gear back. Like, that would be the most amazing thing ever. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. (laughs) You just get your purple armor, your gun with all the attachments. You just get it right back in your stash. I was able to run the numbers, um, and I have had 10 of those messages since i in two months so in two months i've played about two thousand games and i've had 10 people who were banned so (laughs) half of a percent yeah um of the people i've played against were like you know convicted cheaters obviously the number i guarantee is higher than that yeah but um but yeah still still i just thought it was super interesting very interesting Uh, and also just like i love the vindication of oh so good Cause it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to quantify, like something feels off and everybody wants to, everybody wants to like the same with Tarkov too. They want to come up with a justification. Oh, well maybe it was net code yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or maybe, you know, people were saying, oh, well, you know, maybe it was just like their, their friend playing on their account. So that's why half the time it's good. Half the time they're bad. Or it's like, maybe they just had a bad day. And it's like, I don't know a ton about chess, yeah. but I know enough about chess, especially cause I've been working on this documentary and been fucking. Uh, you know, yeah. doing ass loads of research where I'm like, I know the things that stand out as anomalous, at least. Yeah. This person, if they're an 800, they're either massively underrated or they're smurfing or they're cheating yeah. or there's it's a friend, play, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's the I don't know, like there's other possibilities, but the most likely situation is that the person's just cheating. Oh, and the account was like five days old, yeah. four days old or something. Um yeah, it's so. like we do this in real life, right? If you go shoot hoops at a at a basketball, you know, every single day and some random kid shows up and he's like, hey, what is this? Is this a basketball? I've heard about this game and then drains 11 three pointers in a row. You're like, you're probably just came to school us and you're better. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I, context freaking clues. You know what I mean? So you don't know what every you know what it's like to play people at your level because that's what you've yeah. been playing. So you just you can pick up on other things. You don't have to be in the nba you know what i mean so um, and then, yeah then the, the last the last thing before we get into the dmz stuff too was uh in all of this coverage because it's been blowing up with the whole cheating scandal and whatever there's been a lot of people who have been talking interviewing this one particular guy's name's ken reagan 
um, who he's a professor at the University of Buffalo. He's like a computer scientist, does some statistical data analysis, whatever. He's basically responsible for like building. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if he like was part of the team that built the anti-cheat for chess.com or if he's okay. just consulted or there's some connection with him and like high level anti-cheats. I gotcha. think maybe he's done analysis for like FIDE, like the global cheating, <laughs> sorry, yeah. the global like chess um you know governing body or whatever it's something like that but he's yeah. like this guy that's been you know super super noteworthy and i i had a, a couple of questions while working on my script i'm like this guy's the only guy on planet earth who can answer this question mm. so i had to pull up his like linkedin to find his email because i couldn't find it anywhere i sent him an email and within like five minutes i got a response back from him we've just been talking back and forth all day and it's just wild to whoa me that it's like, this guy's like the preeminent chess cheating that's insane forever and he's just like chat but we speak the same language yeah you know yeah. i'm like i'm a content creator but 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 don't before you click <laughs> away from the email i'm a computer scientist you know i you know all this stuff i'm like so please god take me seriously and i signed it mike and he was like is this like mike smith or mike deluga or whatever and i'm like no sorry you know this is my name you you don't know me but for some reason he asked if i was like two specific mics oh geez uh, i don't know what that's all about but no i'm, anyway. I'm just a random mic yeah that's crazy yeah. all right so dmz so dmz did you watch the reveal did you watch a reaction to the reveal did you watch any of the gameplay live in and out um i watched while i was I think playing chess, yeah. I had like nice guys video up in the background. Half of the thing I watched okay. muted half of it. I listened to without watching. Yeah. Um, the, let me pull up my notes. Cause I'm now forgetting the significance of it. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Lupo gameplay. So, Watching Lupo play, yeah, because there was only a few people that were able to like play it. Was it like Landmark and Lupo? Those are um, the only people that play Tarkov that played. So he was he was definitely playing it like those guys, you know, Shroud or whoever. Like they play PUBG, like they play all those games where it's like foot pedal to the metal, gotta go yeah. crazy, gotta you know turn, yeah. look, grab a loot, like run, slide, jump, you know, like so so fast right um and i wonder if i'm i'm hoping if that's the way you have to play then i'm not going to give a fuck about the game and i'm and i'm never going to touch it correct if there's a way to play it slowly yeah you know maybe not the 90 minutes but like yeah if you can take 30 minutes take your time 40 minutes to like walk through the thing especially if you're solo yeah you know to be able to to be able to to play at like a reasonable pace and not have to be like on Adderall. Yeah. Then, then it looks like it'll be an interesting, you yeah. know, divergence from, uh, diversion was the word I was looking for. An interesting diversion for like the ho hum of, of what Tarkov's yeah. been feeling like. It would be potentially fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like just the, the gameplay that I saw was yeah. just cracked out, sliding, jumping all over the place. And yeah. I mean, it looked fun, but it kind of fun that, like the kind I, of fun they call of duty is, me. where you yeah. know you know what you're getting into it's mindless yeah. fun but you can only take so much of it 
Yeah, so what's crazy is that like Lupo and Landmark played slow compared to everybody else and so what yeah the event no and i agree i agree with what you're saying though but i'm saying in comparison like i don't know if you watch like some funny or you know like no, no. um biffle or any of those guys so like the pr the the problem with that event was that it wasn't necessarily <coughs> put on the best way to showcase what the dmz is they brought in 40 warzone streamers Dr. Lupo and Landmark, <laughs> and then said, you have two hours. Get as many games in as you can. So they're like flying through the menus. They're trying to get in. They get in. They get some loot. They're trying to get out as fast as possible. That's like two Tarkov raids. Uh, dude, I mean, they. I think they played three rounds. And they were trying, Lupo was trying to sneak into another one, but they were like, we have to move on to Warzone because the whole event was four hours. They had two hours to play DMZ and they had two hours to play Warzone 2. And so like, the event was not set up in a way to showcase the DMZ because everybody and I get I would have played the same way. You literally have people standing over you, Activision employees, right? You're in a room. Everybody's yelling like the, the audio. They have freaking Turtle Beach mics from 2007. Everyone's screaming and you only have two hours and you don't know. And everybody's comms didn't work. And so I like, played I would have played two slow ass raids fuck what anybody it else didn't it, it just didn't you know what i mean like give the best opportunity and what's funny is that like a lot of the feedback was that like they died even they were talking about it that they they died they kept dying because they were playing too fast they would unlock a room and just like barrel in and there'd be like four uber geared ai and it would just whoa like the amount of times they've almost got squad wiped by ai was like insane just because like they were moving so fast so i think that like it absolutely should be played slower than the, how fast they were playing it because it was like they were going cracked. I mean, most of they were, they're all Warzone guys. You know what's crazy too is that all of the people that the Warzone streamers, they were complaining that it was too slow. They were like, where's the PVP? Fuck off. They were like, dude. where's the PVP? So like it just didn't really showcase it great. Because they want they want Warzone, right? Warzone. So a DMZ. Well, well, maybe that's what the devs intend. Maybe they want it to be played just like Warzone, but it's they, like a different game. Mode. They don't though. They don't. And we 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 actually have oh, okay. some, yeah we have some stuff that show that they don't. Um, but yeah, so like there's 64 players in a DMZ match, up to 64 players. That same map is the Warzone two map, and Warzone has 150. And and obviously as a battle royale, it it pushes the circle pushes you in, so it's constant PvP. It's constant yeah. PvP. So, so here's my like 10,000 foot view thoughts. And then we'll dive into like literally just before we sat down to do the podcast, I saw a tweet and they did a blog post and they devoted uh, a, a big portion of the blog post to DMZ and they cleared up a lot of stuff. Like what okay. was really good information. But the 10,000 foot view was like in raid, it was exactly what I expected it to be. And I, and I think it looked fun. When they opened a map, the map, dude, there was stuff everywhere. It was There's, fucking massive. It's humongous. Oh, by the way, I did the, I did a little bit of math on this. I got Tower to help me out. I, I sent Tower a message. I said, how wide and tall is Shoreline in kilometers? And in 30 seconds, he was like, oh, it's 1,500 kilometers wide and 750 kilometers tall. Why? And I was like, dude, you're just the best. Um, so, they, so they said that the Al-Mazra is the biggest map they've ever made for a battle royale mm -hmm. we know 
that through tower <laughs> that shoreline is 1500 kilometers wide and 700 sorry 1.5 kilometers wide 1500 meters wide 1.5 kilometers wide 0.75 kilometers tall Ver okay. verdansk which was the one of the first war zone maps in war zone 1.0 was nine kilometers squared and almazra is bigger than verdansk so that's some sort of perspective on like, you know what I mean? It's four shorelines wide <laughs> and, you know, 11 shorelines tall. That's how big of a map we're talking about here. But then there's also like vehicles. Yes. And which, which makes it exactly. significant. It makes, it makes, dude, imagine being able to spawn. If you imagine spawning in all the way on the back, like uh, like road to customs or whatever the fuck it yeah. is on shoreline and just being able to <laughs> just, like, drive down the road. Four wheeler. How much? That'd be so much fun, It would fun, be so dude. sick. It would be so <sighs> sick. But yeah, so then they've got... So to make traversal easier, once again, uh, they kind of do the play how you want to play. If you want to go on foot, you can, but they have they had trucks. They had uh, boats. They had uh, four-wheelers because there's a river that runs as like a horseshoe up to basically the center of the map and then back down to the south where the ocean is. So you can mm -hmm. actually traverse and get towards the center of the map um, on a boat. So big map. They cut the player base of Warzone in half, 64 players. So that right there shows you that they want it to be played a little bit slower. And then there's AI everywhere. Everybody was dumpstering on the AI initially. They were like, the AI sucks. It's so derpy. But then, like, when you get into some of these, like, strongholds, into these, like, guarded areas, the AI is cracked, bro. Like, it's, it's, and I think cracked in a good way, not in a, as aimbot a way as Tarkov, in a, like, dude, okay, this is a real thing that happened, all right? They're... They're, they got to a place where they needed a key and they unlocked the key and they got in and it like set off an alarm and then they fought some AI and then they got to this big gun safe and it was a safe and you start an animation where you're cutting the gun safe and you get to leave the drill so nobody has to do it. That sets off an alarm. Mm -hmm. While the alarm was going, AI popped smoke into the hallway and then through the plume of smoke, AI with riot shields pushed in. And they Dude, were like, a, yeah. they were like panicking. They were like, what the hell? It was so sick. It was so sick. That right there is more complex than anything any AI in Tarkov has ever done. Ever. <laughs> so, yep. so when people, I actually almost had a brain aneurysm when Tarkov players were complaining about the AI in Dr. Lupo's chat saying Tarkov AI was better. I actually almost lost my mind. It was insane. Because we talked about before a million times how derpy AI facilitates other gameplay and aimbot yeah. AI ends your gameplay. If there's derpy AI, if there's enough of them, they pose a threat and they can push you places. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe into more combative AI or maybe into players. And it actually facilitates more gameplay where you as the player live and play the game but 360 yep. aimbot ai ends your play session and that's not difficult in a fun way in my opinion um so anyway so high level view the gameplay was exactly what i thought it would be it's the call of duty movement it's the call of duty guns it's the call of duty recoil but the map had so much to do there were strongholds there were locked rooms where there's loot. There's loose loot everywhere. There's buy stations. There's radiated zones. And there's dynamic events. I don't know if you're... You probably didn't see... I didn't see that part. Dude, okay. They... Dr. Lupo, Landmark, and Myth spawn. And they see a boat. And they were like, let's go take the boat. 
They get on the boat. The boat has a cargo thing, like a pallet in the middle of it. They get on the boat. Boom, this big thing comes up. And it's like, deliver the cargo here for $5,000. And they were like, we're in the boat. Let's go get the money. They start Imagine if like a plume of smoke blows up from the back yeah. of the boat. So it's like, oh, shit. Dude, they start doing. And then a, a helicopter comes in. An AI helicopter comes in as a part of the dynamic event to shoot at them. So Landmark and Myth are on the mounted guns on the boat trying to take down the helicopter. Lupo is like serpentining under bridges. This is, was a thing. They get to the place and there's another helicopter waiting and it hooks the cargo up and they get $5,000. It was just... That's so dope. It was a completely just dynamic. They didn't have to do it and they got a bunch of money for doing it. And it was like, it's sick. So from like... Dude, what I like... Oh, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the, what I really liked was one of the... I like all tabbed back in and I saw Lupo like open up a door and it was booby trapped. Yes. So it like fucking, I just thought that was like, he looked at that it right there and then he walked through like, it and blew up. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was, all you see is him like crawling on the ground, like with one of his teammates, like, ah, ah yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, that just looked like you have to fucking take your time and be careful. Yes. Like, like you would. Right. Yes. So um, the gameplay looked exact. Now, uh, there were people three minutes in that were like, this sucks, Resident Sleeper, it's not Tarkov. So many people were making jokes like, oh, Tarkov is safe. If you thought that this game was going to take over Tarkov or try to be what Tarkov is, you are high, you are on planet Mars. It's out of control. There's no way that they were going to change the whole point. So many of the things that the COD pros hate about the new Modern Warfare is that they slowed down the movement. Like, there was yeah. no universe where they actually had a different movement set and different movement speeds and different animations for the different gameplays. For better or for worse, whether you agree with it or not, what they're trying to do is create one player movement model that works for multiplayer, single player, offline co-op, Warzone, and DMZ. And, if, and yeah. that's always what it was going to be. So I knew the gameplay was going to be what it was. And to me, it looked fun. It looked like they played it too fast. And Dr. Lupo, Myth, and uh, Landmark didn't extract a single time. They were being punished for not for playing too fast. And then when you look at the environment, the environment supports a slower play style. There are mm -hmm. other things to do than PvP. There are dynamic events to go do. And there are actual things like booby traps. Like, I truly believe the environment informed a slower gameplay. But... What Call of Duty probably knows is they're they're pulling people away from multiplayer and Warzone to play it. So these people are not ready to play that yet. So I think yeah, there's going to yeah. be a little bit of rub in the beginning, but I really do think the best way to play DMZ will be slower. So that's yeah, I mean, what it, I, well, I was going to say. So that at the high level view is what the gameplay felt like. The other side of the coin, the disappointing side of the coin, the sad part of the coin was... Currently, it seemed that the economy was entirely in raid. You picked up items like screwdrivers and duct tape not to craft things or not to turn them in for quests because you'd go to a buy station, you'd sell them, and then you'd use the money to buy gear, to buy a bigger backpack, or to buy like a kill streak or something. There was no use for money out of the raid. I think I can kind of get behind that. So that's one. As like a nice alternative. Yeah. So we can talk about that. That's one. And then secondarily, nobody at the end of the event knew why they should extract. <laughs> there was like, first of all, once again, on Activision's side, the event kind of sucked. 
I went through every other streamer I could find other than Dr. Lupo and Landmark and every single streamer that I could find footage of them extracting from the DMZ, their game crashed when they extracted. So we Fucking never, hell. we never saw the screen of what happens when you extract. Oh, wow. So there was, in my opinion, no overwhelming motivation. It's going back to what we talked about. There was nothing <coughs> in raid that made anybody playing go, <gasps> Just like we talked about earlier with the hideout expansion and the quests and the gear and the this and the stash building, all that stuff that Tarkov literally nails. Nobody knew why they should be extracting. Everybody was excited about what was happening in the game, but nobody was like, I, I need I, this. You know what I mean? My, my assumption was that it was for either like the guns or the like the contraband guns yeah. or like the loadouts so that you don't have to start with like the default like it yeah. lets you maybe snowball so that the second raid you have you're going to start off with yes. some better stuff the third raid maybe you start off with some better stuff but it's almost like you know you start off at like a five out of ten the next raid might be a seven out of ten the next raid the next two or three raids might be a ten out of ten if you manage to survive and you die and you're back at five out of ten and it's yeah. like whereas tarkov is everybody's either ten out of ten all the time or, or one out of one 10 out of ten yes that's true. With like most people at a three out of 10, you know, in the middle kind of thing. Yes. Uh, and so, so, so everybody it, started freaking out that they were like, this game's dead. There's nothing to do. I held my opinion because we didn't see what happens when you extract. And yeah. because the nature of the event was they were pushing a lot of Warzone players to play something new. And all they wanted to do was get into Warzone 2.0. Very understandably. I'm not bashing any of these people, right? They don't play Tarkov for a reason. They play Warzone because they want to yeah. play Warzone, right? So it's like not it's not fair for us to be like, you didn't play DMZ, right? Whatever. So... So that was my big thing is I was like super excited about the in-game gameplay. And I was like, man, I am going to be really disappointed if there's no reason to extract. The other thing that disappointed me was like, okay, so if I can't take out screwdrivers and duct tape, right? If the loot is largely just to sell to buy gear, well, how much gear can I take out? And it's like you have two gun slots, right? So if I wanted to bring in a sniper and an SMG, I can't pick up anyone else's gun unless I get a large backpack, which has one gun slot. So I was like, the way I think, the way I look at I was it, like, is I can't it's take, like a, I can't get anything. Like <laughs> it's it's a hybrid between Call of Duty, PUBG, and Tarkov. Yeah, in that it's it's longer term than a single PUBG game yes. where there's there's nothing. You know, you always start off naked every time. So it, I don't know. I think that there's maybe something potentially like really powerful to the whole idea of you there's never like a ton that you're risking losing so to yeah. speak um at any given point but at the same time like you're still excited just like when you get the level three helmet yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know the the nice fucking sniper with the 8x yeah um you know in in PUBG, you're excited to get those things it even though it's the same seven items every time, it's still fun to, it still has, you know, yeah, infinite replayability. Sure. So in this case, it, I don't know. It seems like, it seems like a kind of a cool hybrid that might be. It has potential. Yeah. I, 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 once again, I was reserving. Those were the things that like flash in the pan really concerned me. But ultimately I said, I want to hold my, because until I get it, because like, 
we didn't see what happens when you extract. Like, that's a really important thing. And nobody got to see that. Right. So I was like, I was like, those are the things that concern me. I don't feel like I can take any loot out of this raid. And um, and I don't know why I should be extracting. Right. So. But the gameplay and here's the thing, Veritas, is that I said about DMZ, I said <laughs> the main thing the, the likelihood of them launching it and it being like a perfect game that takes over the world is very slim. The thing I'm concerned about is, is the foundation fun and are the things that need to be changed changeable? Or is it yeah. just like not a fun experience like Hazard Zone was? And honestly, that's what we have. We have a map, a big, really cool map that was very decidedly like a version of this crafted for DMZ. Tons of AI, tons of things to do, tons of loot, tons of keys, tons of locked rooms, tons of dynamic events. And the economy and the other stuff can be changed. It can be moved around and stuff like that. So I'm very interested. Do you have you have two different stashes? Do you have a key stash where you can like extract, obviously, if you have an additional key, because the keys have uses. Um, some of them had one, some of them had four uses. So you can you can like have like a key stash of 20 and then you could have a contraband stash of 20 guns. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into these four screenshots of a blog post that gives so much more information, by the way. So real much- real quick, I wanna I wanna quote uh Overcast what he just said in chat because I feel like it's like a perfect summary, like the, a very succinct okay. summary. He said it's a it looks like a better battle royale, a better battle royale, not yeah. a Tarkov alternative, and that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it does. It almost it feels like a battle royale that lasts five games instead of one. Not a hundred games like Tarkov, where you're like building this huge thing, but you can go on a roll, die, and then that resets you kind of back. And you can go on a roll, and it's like, yeah, for sure. It, it, yeah, it, and, it, and Tarkov sometimes sometimes can feel like a battle royale where you you spawn in, you you, you drop in, you go yeah. to the school, and you insta die, except with more stakes. Yes. Yeah, you lose something when you get cucked instantly, and with longer match matchmaking. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Factory is basically a battle royale. The survivor is always the last one standing. <laughs> Anyways, we got some really interesting information here. Okay, they did not realize until the last five minutes that they were allowed to be in DMZ. What insurance does? Insurance was a bad way to name this, by the way, because I'm going to explain why. You have, an, you have There are three insured slots. One of them is free. The other two, you need to progress through the quests to get the other two insured slots. Okay. <laughs> what an insured slot is, is it's the gunsmith in Call of Duty. So whatever level you are in Call of Duty right now, whatever uh, uh, attachments and, and guns and perks you have unlocked, you'll have access to. And from the gunsmith, you can build one gun however you want it, based on what level you are. And you can take that into the DMZ. If you die, you can't use that insurance spot uh, to rebuild another one. It goes on cooldown. We don't know how long that cooldown is. 30 minutes, an hour, 5 minutes, I don't know. So you what, is that a default kit that you get on a cooldown? It's not a default kit, it's a custom kit you get on a cooldown. Oh, okay. It's like the opposite of a scav. Like, imagine you could imagine this is actually a good way to put it. Imagine you could only scav, and once every thirty minutes, you could access your PMC's stash. That's what their their version of insurance is. And you had whatever you wanted once, in your stash, once, or whatever yes, was available. Yes, once every however long. We don't know how long. You can build a kit based on how you've progressed through. Oh, somebody said ten hours. It was in a screenshot. You can 
for like once a day. Yeah, you can build whatever you want. When you die, that goes on cooldown, and you then have to use contraband. Here's what me here's what messed everybody up. This actually this actually adds a lot to the game. Other players' guns are contraband. Here's the thing. Everybody's account, I think they were press accounts. Everybody's account started with a bunch of contraband that were just stock weapons, like with like a red dot on them. It was like an M4 with a red dot. And that's all anybody used. So every time anyone killed a PMC, they were only looking at the same gun they had, and there was no overwhelming reason to take it. But other players' loadouts are contraband. So if you're on cooldown and you kill a guy that had his insured gun, it's going to be a dope gun. You want to keep that gun. If you kill two players, you had a contraband gun. You had a stock M4 with a red dot. You kill two players and they both have meta freaking and meta MP7 and meta thing. You might then want to go extract so you can use one of those guns and save the other one as contraband. So when you're oh, yes, so you you can always no matter what Let's say you kill them a max level person with the best yes. thing ever. If you make it out, then you now have that saved as once a day you can use this you don't, thing forever. No, you don't have that saved. You have that in your stash. You you actually extracted with his gun and you put it in your contraband stash. Okay, so you but you still use it and lose it. You still use once. it and lose it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that completely it like literally they played the entire DMZ thing with stock weapons because they didn't know how it worked because they didn't tell them how it worked. So but like, couldn't you buy like upgrades at the like the buy yes, contraband? Yes, you can buy weapons? like oh, you can buy more contraband weapons and stuff like that. But like, there was no incentive to kill a player and take their gun. Now there is because that that player might have been using their insured loadout, and their insured loadout is going to be way better than a contraband gun. And now you have an incentive to extract with that gun because you can fill your out of raid stash with other players' dope guns. And that's your contraband. So now when I they die, still get it back, though, right? Like they still. Well, when their insurance is back up, they can build yeah whatever gun they want. You know what I yeah. mean? But it's only once every 10 hours, apparently. So that is huge. And nobody saw that. So now there's an incentive to do the quests, because if you unlock three. If you unlock three insurance slots and it's every 10 hours, well, now three times a day you can run your gun. And uh so now there's an incentive to do the quests and there's an incentive to extract because if you have like a really cool gun, you want to get it out because why run around the DMZ with the, with all the guns and risk it? And you want to get out, right? Like if you, yeah. if you brought in a mutant and you killed three guys with three other mutants, you're like, if I die, I lose all four mutants. Why not extract and then come back into another raid and use my mutant? It's basic. It's a very similar thing to that. And people were also saying that the money, like the value that you extract... Yes decreases yes. the cooldown that was something else in the blog post they said that that extracting based on we don't know how it worked yet because it looks like everybody that did extract before their game crashed their money got converted into xp so it might be something like that where based on how many things you accomplish in the raid and how much money you had it decreases that cooldown a little bit gotcha. so now yeah. the game is completely different than the game we saw extracting matters because it helps actually pull your cooldown and extracting, having done things in the raid helps. And extracting with other people's guns. So yep. that changes so much. It might not be a perfect system. There might be flaws with this system. But that's a much better system than what we saw, which was just like everybody's running around with a stock M4 with a red dot 
And if you die, if you kill a guy, you get his stock M4 with the red dot, I guess. Like, it was confusing, and that is so much interesting. It, they just they called it insurance, and that's weird because, like, you're not insuring a gun because if you lose that gun, in 10 hours, you can just build that gun again. You're, like, you know what I mean? It, it's it's a little weird, but it's much better. Well, actually, it the only reason why it's weird is because Tarkov's definition of insurance that we're all used to is yeah. kind of brain dead. Um, oh, I guess it could because, be the insurance company building you another one. You're not getting well, because, one back. Well, yeah, when you insure your car and you total it, they don't, true. They don't give you that car back. That's actually what, true. They, they give you the they money you to the buy money another car. To buy a oh. car of the equivalent. So to me, it seems yeah. like they are actually using the term properly. Where Tarkov is not. Tarkov is not interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good way to look at it. At every 10 hours when you can file an insurance claim, the insurance company provides you with the funds to then build another gun. It's just like build whatever gun you want. And, and what gun, what what you have access to is based on your level in Call of Duty, which you yep. can, if you if you just download DMZ, you're going to be level one. I'm level like 40 because I've been playing multiplayer. That makes so much mother flipping more sense. Okay. In the blog post, bro, I want to pull it up because... It's so amazing. Um, hold on. This is Jesse stalling because uh, this is Veritas normally doing it. Um, you can take out things. Oh, okay. Here it is. If your backpack fills up during a match, <laughs> operators can visit one of six dead drop locations to stash items for extraction in a later match. I don't know what that means. Stash items for extraction. But... I wonder if that means that, like, it's almost like you have an in-raid stash yes. that you can... So, like, let's say you get halfway through a raid and you want to get out, but, like, you have an open slot. You can maybe run to one of those crates, grab a gun that you put in there before, yes. Imagine and get out. This is the best way to do it. Imagine you kill six people in dorms and you can't fit it all. So you take a bunch of it to a Jaeger stash that only you have access to, you and you put it in the ground. The you extract, you come back into customs, you get that stuff, and you extract again. There's six dead drop locations. Once again, we didn't see it, but that's freaking sick, dude. Did you ever watch Lost? That's, oh, yeah, of course. I did. I don't know why that just reminded me of. Remember um, the the guy the like cuban guy and like the model chick who like stole the diamonds from the rich guy oh yes that end up like the medusa spider yes how like run dig a hole like put the diamonds in there like i'll come back to this later i don't know why that just popped into my head bro you don't even have to extract it i wonder how long they last what if if you die what if if what if you had six kits on the map and if you die you just go in with a ha hatchet run because you can go into the dmz with just your fists and you run to one of them, and then you kit it up, and you just play that raid. It's like extra stash base. That's and I sick. wonder if the, the question is, is is it like a portal, infinite portal, where like there's a box in, tw there's 27 <laughs> boxes throughout the yeah. map, and you can access this ephemeral idea of a dead drop yeah. for any of them? Or do you have to go to that tree behind it to I don't get... Know. I think both of them are interesting. Both I kind of like... Yeah. Either way, it sounds like a cool mechanic. That we didn't get to see in the thing. Um, additionally, infills and exfills are random. So there's three exits, three exfills, and 
everyone on the map shares the three. So it's Monka. a yeah. So it's a fight at the extract. Like it is a fight now. You know how long the raids are? Because yeah. that's the biggest thing to me. Okay. Yeah. So now in the event, everybody was basically running to the extract for PvP. So PvP, like the extracts were a PvP meltdown. I don't think it'll be that bad. You are going to get extract campers. You are going to get the shenanigans, but it's three exits. The X fills are in random spots each round, but they all share them. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. The raid. Here's how the raid timer works. There's a you spawn in and there's <clears throat> this is the best. This is what we believe because they actually said in <clears throat> in this blog post, there's no circle that closes. Okay, there isn't a circle that closes like in uh, Battle Royales, like in Dark and Darker even, which is like a Tarkov Battle Royale, but medieval. There's no circle that closes. You have 25 minutes from when you start the match of the match being completely normal. When that hits zero, the best we can tell is every map, there's a little radiation zone. Yeah, yeah. And the best we can tell is when the 25 hits zero, an eight-minute timer starts where the radiation zone starts expanding. So instead of a circle pushing people in, the radiation is expanding. And if you don't have the proper equipment, i.e. there are iodine pills and there are gas masks in the DMZ to exist in the radiation, it could force you to extract or you can stay in and fight out in the radiation. As long as... That's, that's what we don't know. There, an eight-minute timer starts. Nobody ran out the clock. So we don't know if at after that eight minutes, a separate timer starts that says, like, you have to be out of here. But at bare minimum, the raids are up to, what is that, 33 minutes long, maybe longer. Once again, everybody was pushing to the extracts. And we never actually saw how big the radiation zones gets. We saw that it started expanding, but nobody stayed in the map long enough to know if it expands all the way to the edges of the map. Like, we we don't know. We know that you have 25 minutes of completely normal map, and then at eight minutes, stuff starts happening. But nobody in the, in, in the event got their way all the way through. But I did find that relatively interesting to force people into, once again, equipment that you bring. You know what I mean? Like getting a mm -hmm. gas mask and being able to stay in. There is a small radiation zone in that like up, that starts, I think, at a random spot in every map. Nobody that I saw went into one of those. And in the blog post, they talked about how there's like special loot in there. So that could be kind of cool. Nobody went in there. Nobody saw what happened in the radiation zone. But it seems pretty sick. Um, and so they are going to be 30 to 40 minute long raids if you play all the way through which is kind of what okay. we get in tarkov you know what i mean i would have loved to seen longer like the the biggest the biggest thing that was on jesse's wish list was a six hour server that you can infill an exfil from whenever you want that was the big thing that we have a definitive l daisy i like... don't get that and i wanted it like the cycle frontier like daisy i wanted to be able to do that and we don't get that but we're not exactly sure how long the raids last. Um, we'll see. Um, they specifically mentioned in the thing, like doing supply runs, like mm -hmm. like talking about how like you might run out of stuff, and you or or you might like they specifically talked about like being able to <laughs> having a desire to go in and hit very specific loot run like runs to try and get like gas masks and armor plates and stuff to stock them up in your stash so that you can bring them in in future runs 
So that was kind of cool. Once again, that doesn't mean that these it doesn't mean that these systems are fleshed out perfectly, but what that does tell me is that the devs are on the right track with making this a game that really does stand out. You weren't yeah, worried yeah. about that in Hazard Zone, getting extra plates or equipment or extra gas masks because you're going to try and do 10 runs in a row with your friends into the radiation zone, right? You know what I mean? Like, So the fact that they're talking about that and giving that as examples for gameplay loops, in my opinion, is at least a good sign that they're in the right going on the right track um <clears throat> no circle collapse but radiation increases and they also said the occasional sandstorm so we didn't see that that kind of gives me a battlefield 2042 vibe where they were had like you know the hell the hurricanes and the tornadoes and all these like crazy in rate events we didn't see the sandstorm but um that was interesting also so, like, by and large, your character is transferable to all of the things. So, in Warzone, you can use loadouts that you created from multiplayer. That's the same thing with DMZ. That insurance spot, you can use the guns that you can use the what you have available to you that you've unlocked on your character. So, how do you unlock stuff again if you just, just play <laughs> leveling up. DMZ? Leveling up. So, at the end of the match, you get XP, and that adds to gotcha. your level. And the level cap for uh, Call of Duty right now is 55. And you can get all 55? 55. You can get all the way to 55 playing Team Deathmatch. You can get all the way to 55 playing exclusively Warzone. You can get all the way to 55 playing exclusively DMZ. Or you can get to 55 playing all three. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, and then what, what I also find interesting is that the way they're doing prestiges this year in, uh, in the, with this Call of Duty for like the multiplayer is they're not making you reset. They're just increasing the level cap. So, like, ultimately, you can get to level, like, 270 in Call of Duty. So, oh God, like, fucking Diablo yeah, so, 3. But, but so what that means is that there'd be some interesting crossover to, like, a, a reason to, like, as the seasons, the, the the battle pass and, like, the seasons, there's actually a reason to, like, play all of the things. Like, you want to play DMZ because you want to get up to rank 100. You know yep. what I mean? Like, so, interesting. And there's a specific gun that is only unlockable by completing missions in DMZ, but when you unlock it, it is usable in Warzone and multiplayer. Gotcha. Which is kind of cool. All right. Which is kind of cool. Um, oh, and then they talked about you can revive. So it is like Warzone where when you get hit, you get knocked, and then your player yep. can revive you really quick. If you go down all the way, if you get like completely killed, you're, it, it does say in this blog post that players can revive you. Your teammate can revive you, but it's a longer animation than if you were just downed. Um, so there's like a little bit more risk and reward to that. Um, there's also a dog tag type thing. Oh, my God, dude. Can you imagine like if you're sniping and you kill a dude in the middle of the road and his buddy comes and revives him? And as soon as he gets him up, it takes like a minute to get pop him. He goes down again. You imagine just harassing somebody. It'll happen. Uh, 100%. Um, there's dog tags where if you kill a PMC, you can take their dog tag and it's basically worth $5,000. So there's, once again, we talked about this in-raid economy. There's like, when you come across PMCs, if you're looking for money, there's good money in taking on that squad and looting them. Gotcha, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there's other like valuable items, like Landmark found a gold bar that was worth $8,000. And then there's like- the I wonder, so how do we know like, a sick kitted gun is that like fifty thousand dollars? Like do we we, know? we don't know. We saw some of the stuff. I can find a screenshot. Um, we saw like some. Of that's the all things. meaningless unless we know what 
what a value of a dollar gets you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. How many 17 people listening to this will, will get? I was just going to say, how many pull runes is that worth? <laughs> so there's like what we did see was like um, some of the stuff. So a gas mask was $2,000. A medium backpack was $5,000. A two-plate armored vest because... Okay, we'll get back to that. A two-plate armored vest was $7,500. A self-revive kit, which can only be used when knocked but not downed. But a self-revive kit was $7,500. Uh, and a bomb drone, which is like a kill streak that you can actually go on the map, was $12,000. So that's another interesting thing they're doing with plates as well. So you, you start and I think you can maybe put in one plate. You can buy a two-plate vest, and you can find three-plate vests, and then you can buy plates. That's like the equivalent of like level, like like level three yes. armor. You can buy plates at the thing for two hundred fifty bucks a plate. And then what's interesting, they did they did this in Warzone, and I I don't know if they're going to do it in DMZ. I would imagine so. But in Warzone now, if you shoot a guy that has three plates, because I don't know if you played Warzone before, but if you shoot a guy with armor, a little armor symbol comes up, letting you know that the damage you're doing to them is being done to their armor. That's, yeah, just like Juggernaut in, in Call yeah. of Duty 4 would give you that little red plus yeah. sign. That is the, first the color purple if they have three plates, and it's blue if they have two plates. So now there's a visual indicator. If you hit a guy, you can be like, he's he's got three plates, and you kind of know how much HP he's going to have as a res- um, accordingly. So... Um, so yeah, the in-rate economy thing does seem really interesting, especially if you're running a three-man squad. If all three of you are trying to get self-revive kits and a kill streak, like you could need 30, 40, 50,000 dollars, um, between the team. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, and then here's the thing. I'm going to read the, the final two lines from this blog post because once again, I think this is a good sign as well. We've built a massive living world in Almazra with challenging enemies, a deep mission system, side quests, secrets, and more. As we look to the future, we hope to reward players for exfiltration in new ways as we work towards new uses for cash and items. DMZ, this is a line in this blog post, DMZ does not set out to replicate, and we can't wait to see how it plays in the wild. We hope players share their adventures with us on November 16th. Like, that was 100% poking at Tarkov. Not poking at Tarkov, but poking at the people who think this is a Tarkov killer. DMZ does not, is not attempting to replicate. Yeah, so four days. So, four days. Two days after this video, this uh, podcast (laughs) goes live. Two days after this podcast goes live. If when if if John is listening to this in 2023, you're catching up on the old episodes, uh, it's irrelevant. Sorry, John. But um, the other oh, the other thing, the other like huge thing that got leaked was it's a they're, they're officially launching DMZ in beta, which kind of doesn't really mean anything anymore. But except that it shows people that there's more to come. Basically, all that does for me, the fact that they put the beta thing next to that, is it was like, okay, cool, you guys want to support this game long-term, which I'm so excited about. Like, after getting this information, bro, I'm so much more excited about the DMZ. Like, I'm truly pumped to play it. Dude, it makes me... Uh, man, like, yeah, it's kind of given me the the tingles that OG PUBG had yeah. me. Which is, which is, like, honestly the game that made me fall in love with PC gaming in college. Yeah. 
Um, actually, it wasn't college. It was slightly after college. But uh, oh, yeah, man. So, dude, I'm I'm excited. So it's this been, is the first time I've been excited about a game actually yeah. in a long so fucking time. It's been a weird few days because like originally we were like we're probably gonna know in like 20 or 30 minutes if DMZ is gonna be good. Then we got like a really weird event that was kind of poorly put on that showed some of it, but left out really important details. So then I was kind of sad and I was like, I don't know if it's going to be that good. And then they released this information that answers a lot of questions and shows a lot of new mechanics that weren't shown that now get me excited. But there were still mechanics that I wish were in the game that aren't, but I'm really excited about what it is. And, and that I'm excited that they're basically saying we're excited to support the game further. I, I retweeted a Dr. Lupo tweet where he was like, I expressed both Landmark and Dr. Lupo both said that the devs that were there were like incredibly open to feedback afterwards. They were like, tell us what needs to happen in DMZ. And like Lupo tweeted out, he was like, I think there needs that I've been telling them that I think there needs to be like more things to do with cash once you get out, like more. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know, man, it's, it's really not what anybody expected and the internet lost their minds because when they don't know what to expect, when it's different than they thought, they say it's bad, and everybody was like absolutely giga trashing on it. But like, I'm super vindicated and holding my opinion a little bit because, like, as we get these little drops of information, like this blog post today, I'm actually kind of excited to check it out, man. I really am. Four days. Four days. So, so that's the DMZ, man. It was a big, weird drop of information and news, but. I'm excited. Apparently, Pestley was invited to have a conversation with Call of Duty regarding DMC, but he declined because he's too busy this week. Oh, wow. Whoa. Just forward to my Yeah, uh, dude. Yo, and, uh, yo, let him know. Jesse's name. Uh, yeah. That, once again, if we're talking about gestures, that's pretty cool. That's pretty insane that even after the event, he they're reaching out to escape from Tarkov content creators interested in what their questions are or or concerns would be like that's pretty I mean if sick. they if they weren't that'd be that'd be pretty brain dead on their it part would be. right I mean hundreds of thousands if not millions of I got really worried when like Landmark and none of the people were invited like Landmark got like the last minute invite like everybody yeah. was like hey we're going out and Landmark's like man I wish I could be there and then they kind of like last minute sent him out but that's really cool that um they wanted to have a conversation that's sick so yeah I don't know man I think it's like I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll see. Could suck. Could be great. Could be somewhere in between that gets better over time, like most games, honestly. It all de- it all depends if I can actually kill another human being in the game reliably or yeah. if I get owned. Every I will time. say that, that'll that'll determine whether or not I enjoy the you're game. You're gonna you might need a squad. <laughs> um Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. So but yeah. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, <coughs> that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's the stuff. Tarkov, it, dude, a big week in games. DMZ gives me more confidence. That game comes out in four days. Pestily Q and A with Nikita gets me really excited about the future of Tarkov. Maybe a little hesitant, yeah, but very excited. And then the event made the most craziest fun pvp that we've had in a while on customs and then they announced dark and darker's got their new playtest on the 16th so on the 16th yeah 
of December. Fuck off, sorry, December, man. December. Sorry. Oh, oh, I sorry, was like, sorry. Why? Yeah, why, I thought we dude? were past the 16th. No, yeah, but 16th of December, Dark and Darker's got their new playtest, and we are absolutely playing that. Oh yes. Yeah. Speaking of, on what day is it? I think it might be the 15th. The yeah, the 15th. I believe is Tuesday. I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be playing um, Zero Sievert. Oh yeah. Um. I think that's yeah. I'm doing like a sponsored stream. I've seen that. Out, that looks out that. really cool. So yeah, we'll see. We'll, I've been uh, seeing a bunch of people doing sponsored streams. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I, I haven't seen anything about it, and I'm kind of like don't want to spoil it for myself. It's cool, dude. So it's cool. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's it, dude. Big week for gaming news. Ga- gaming news re- related to games that we find interesting so that was really cool super excited and uh we'll see we'll see how she goes next week will be interesting because like i plan on going pretty hard on dmz and just seeing how she goes and uh so we'll we'll definitely have some way more fleshed out thoughts on that next week so um but yeah thank you guys for hanging a little bit weird doing it on saturday happy belated birthday to veritas oh yeah it's my birthday two days ago i'm i'm 29 just oh yeah exactly i'm i've been 20 yep 29 don't look a day over 34 no no it's your fifth anniversary of turning 29 yeah um but yeah but that means this all will be live uh very shortly in two days on monday and uh and then we'll be checking out some new stuff next week so thank you guys for hanging love you long time and we'll see you on the next one peace Thank you.